Welcome everyone to the Gravity Beard Podcast, your home for discussions and interviews with a variety of guests covering a wide range of topics. This is another installment of This Week Today, where we look back on this day in history, sports, entertainment, and more. Let's get started. This is the Gravity Beard Podcast. My co-host today is Paul Shomo from the Varmints Podcast. Paul, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm great. Welcome to This Week Today. Oh, I'm excited to be here. I've been looking forward to this all week. Yeah, likewise. Glad to have you here. Thank so you. before we get started with our regular content, uh, would you like to hear our Twitter poll results? Yes. Okay, so the first, I sent out a Twitter poll, and it was regarding sandwiches. Do you know what the definition of a sandwich is? I have strong feelings about this. Uh, I, a sandwich is a filling between two pieces of bread, as long as that filling is not a hot dog, because a hot dog is not a sandwich. Okay, so hold on hold on to that opinion. So you're very, very close. So according to Merriam-Webster, which I still think is, is the ultimate authority on, on definitions, right? Are we still going to that? Sure, we can use that. Definition one is two or more slices of bread or a split roll having a filling in between. Okay. I think that's what I said, yeah. Yeah, that's almost exactly what you said. Definition number two is one slice of bread covered with food. One slice, like an open-faced sandwich. I guess so. I feel like that's a little vague, and it only includes one slice of bread, but I'm not going to argue with Merriam-Webster. No, I, I'll, I'll accept that. You can get yeah. an open-faced sandwich in a diner. Sure. Yeah, I'll accept that as well. So I sent out, the, the first poll was, is a hot dog a sandwich? Did you happen to see this? I did, yes. Okay, so we had 42 voters. Overwhelmingly, a hot dog is not a sandwich, according to our participants. No, so seven, of course 17%, not. Yeah, 17% said a hot dog is, is a sandwich. And 83% said that it's not. Okay, to those 17%, I want to say something to those people, okay? If your wife or your husband asks, or your significant other asks for a sandwich and you bring them a hot dog, how are they going to react? Case closed. <laughs> right. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I wanted to argue it from a technical standpoint, but it's not. I'm not going to die on that wall. So <laughs> I just don't think it's worth it. So I'm going to go with the 83%. So much more controversial and a lot more polarizing is a, I've sent out a second poll, which was, is a hamburger a sandwich? Did you happen to see those results? I, I saw the poll, but I did not see the results. What were the results? Okay. So 53% said yes. A hamburger is a sandwich, and 47% said no, of course. That is crazy. Which way do you lean on this important issue? By the definition of Merriam-Webster, a hamburger is a sandwich, but I, I, I think for practical purposes, it's probably not a sandwich. Probably not. I think probably technically it is a sandwich, but it's kind of the same rule as a hot dog. If you If your significant other asks for a sandwich and you give them a hamburger, they are probably going to wonder if you heard them properly. I think it does fit the definition of a sandwich much better. And I do think that like in the fifties and forties, like diners used to have hamburger sandwiches on their menu. Yeah, I'm sure they did. That's enough of that. Are you ready to get into this week in history? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So this is the segment where we talk about things that happened uh, on this day uh, in the past. So I'll get started. So two famous landmark bridges opened up. Uh, in the same week, this, 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 they opened up this week, two different years, actually 54 years apart. So in 1883, the Brooklyn Bridge opened. And then 54 years later, on the other coast, the Golden Gate Bridge opened. Cool. 
Yeah, how about that? Yeah. In 1901, Connecticut passes the first U.S. state law regulating motor vehicles. They set a speed limit of 12 miles per hour in the city and a whopping 15 miles per hour outside the city. Wow. Yeah. So to <laughs> me, when I read this, my very first question was, was, was two questions. One is, how did they know how fast someone was going at the time? And how did you enforce that? <laughs> like, how did know. you know? I remember reading something about cars where they didn't want them to go over 30 miles an hour because if you went over 30 miles an hour, you were pretty much going to die. That's what they thought back then. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how they measured speed. Well, I don't know how you set how you set a law if you have no way of monitoring how fast. Like, how, how did they measure speed back then? I don't know. It's, it's not like they had radar guns. I just want to know how they enforced that law. Yeah. Uh, in, in 1934, uh, the police kill famous outlaws Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. Thought that was interesting. Yep. yep. And then in 1935, in the same week on different on different days, we had two uh, kind of baseball uh, events that happened. One, the MLB held held its first night game, which I thought was really interesting that, that a night game happened as early as 1935. Okay. Is that when they invented those big lights to light up the entire stadium? I don't know. I suppose so. Okay. Maybe they just had everyone in the stands hold a candle. Okay. <laughs> like a journey concert. Yes, exactly like except, a journey concert. Except journey wasn't around back then, so it's kind of a yeah. bad joke. 40 years early, they uh, is exactly <laughs> like a journey concert. <laughs> Maybe that's where journey got the idea. It wouldn't surprise me at all. <laughs> but also, in the same week, this is the week in 1935 where Babe Ruth hit his last home run. Oh, Okay. Uh, what do you have for this weekend history? All right. Uh, on this week in 1843, the first major wagon train to the northwest departs from Elm Grove, Missouri on the Oregon Trail. And I wonder how many people out there realize that the Oregon Trail is not just a video game, but actually a, uh, a thing that people did to try to better their lives and risk their lives, you know, trying to do it. Yeah. So, so you posted a picture of you wearing an Oregon Trail t-shirt, which said what? It says you have died of dysentery. Right. I always thought it was really funny. <laughs> That's a hilarious t-shirt. Plus, I think it's really funny that they, maybe not funny, maybe it's just tragic and sad, that they built a video game around around something that was incredibly harsh and a, a bunch of people died. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it teaches you important lessons, right? Like, if you want to better yourself and your family and you want to, like, you know, make some sort of achievement in your life, you know, you're probably going to kill a few oxen. And probably most of your family is going to die and you're going to be a broken man at the end of it. And that's what pretty much what that uh, that game teaches is all your planning and all your budgeting is for naught. I think that's an invaluable life lesson to learn. I think so, too. A little bit of realism for the kids. I think I think uh, kids today should be playing the Oregon Trail a lot more. There is no question. (laughs) There's no question. What else you got? On this week in 1796, inventor and musician James McLean was issued a patent for a piano so if you have an opinion on the musical catalog of billy joel you have james mclean to thank back at 19 or i'm sorry 1796 wow that's super cool yeah and on this week in 1906 orville and wilbur wright received a patent for a flying machine with a motor we don't know if there was anything in the patent about small warm glasses of diet coke complimentary bags of peanuts recirculated bird flu air that gets everyone sick or being roughed up and dragged off against your will. And then, of course, on this week in 1977, my parents took us to see the opening of the movie Star Wars, where Han shot first. Yes. 
<laughs> that was my favorite uh, note from from the history segment from this from this episode. The opening of the, of the Star Wars movie. Did you now? Are you old enough? Did you go see it at the theater? I did not. I was I was born just three years before that, so I actually don't remember when I first saw Star Wars. But I'm a huge fan. I was six years old, which means my parents had the sense enough to take us kids to movies when we were old enough to not behave like screaming little psychopaths. <laughs> and um, it started a fascination with the Star Wars universe and the purchase of a lot of cool toys that I wish I had taken care of and kept because they'd be worth a crap load of money right now. Yeah, I've got a whole bunch of stuff. <clears throat> excuse me. I've got a whole bunch of stuff that's in storage that uh, I thought would be worth a lot of money and now it's worth nothing. <laughs> so that was pretty awesome. Are you ready to move on to In the News? Absolutely. Okay, let me get started with this. I found an article that asked this question. Is my neti pot going to kill me? <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought, if you own a neti pot, and that's a possibility, that's a good question to ask. Sure. So here's the story. So, you know, this this is May, which means it's allergy season. Do you have any problems with allergies? I Yeah, I absolutely do, and I have a neti pot, and I use it probably when my allergies are really bad, I maybe three times a day. Wow. Okay. So do you yeah. also combine it with the use of some medications like some Claritin or anything like that? Uh, yes, I do. Clearly, since we're recording together, your neti pot has not killed you yet. Let me just explain what a neti pot is for those that don't know it. A neti pot uh, is a teapot-like device used to flush the nasal passages with saline in order to clear allergens and soothe sinus pressure. And it sounds like you've used a neti pot and it's been effective for you. Yeah, they're great. They look scary because you have to like you have to tilt your head down and to the side and you're basically pouring warm water in one nostril and then it's coming out of the other nostril. So you're like waterboarding yourself and that really freaks people out. But once you get used to doing it, it's fantastic. It's so yeah, good. yeah, it, it's apparently the neti pot is a really terrific way of treating allergies. So this is great, except uh, because of an event in 2011, uh, now people are a little bit alarmed. And let me tell you what happened. So that year... A 20-year-old man from Louisiana died of encephalitis caused by a brain-eating amoeba commonly found in lakes and rivers in the American South, but which rarely cause infection. More unusual, still, was the fact that the young man hadn't been swimming in freshwater lakes or rivers anytime recently. Then, a few months later, a 51-year-old Louisiana, Louisiana woman also died of encephalitis. Shortly before she passed away, her doctor learned that while she hadn't had been swimming in freshwater either, she had recently used a neti pot. Researchers later learned that the other victim had also used a neti pot, and subsequent testing found brain-eating amoebas in both patients' brain tissue, as well as in the tap water at their homes. So, using a neti pot allowed the amoeba to reach into their brains because of the way that you use it. Sure. Did you realize that that was a possibility? Uh, I did, and so did my wife, so she's always, every time I go to the to use the neti pot, she's like, you have to use bottled water, don't use the tap water. She's from New England, by the way. You have to use tap uh, bottled water, don't use tap water, you'll die. So she actually so, sounds like that. Yes, she is from Rhode Island, and she does not believe that she has an accent, but she does. <laughs> and <laughs> she will terrific. kill me if she hears this. I don't sound like that. I don't have an accent anymore. <laughs> you're retarded. 
So, so let me let me just continue with the story. So, if you go swimming in those lakes and you swallow the water, nothing's actually going to happen because your stomach will kill the amoeba. Right. So, it's getting the water flushed up high uh, in, into the top of the nasal passages that's a problem. So, one way this might happen, it, for example, if you're swimming, is if you dive or cannonball into the lake where the amoeba is present. Another way is if you flush water containing the amoeba up your nose using a neti pot. So here's the solution, which I think you've already, you've probably already discovered the most important one. It says if you if you fill it with boiled water as directed, uh, or of course you could use bottled water that's been purified. Your neti pot shouldn't contain any brain-eating amoebas, thankfully, or any other <laughs> microorganisms, which which is important. You don't want your neti pot to contain brain-eating amoebas. No, that would it would cure your allergies though. It would. It, it'll kill you in just a few minutes, apparently. <laughs> But you won't have allergies, which is great. Oh, why am I laughing? That's not funny. (laughs) No, I don't (laughs) think the phrase brain-eating amoebas is ever meant to be funny. (laughs) So I apologize to your audience. See, kids, (laughs) neti pots pots can be gravely dangerous. (laughs) So I don't think neti pots are... I don't think your neti pot is going to kill you, so we can definitively say that the answer to the question in the article is no. No, probably not. But a careless person using a neti pot can kill themselves. Yes. <laughs> Paul, I understand you have a story for us. I do. Uh, a Bath Township, Ohio man was arrested after he called 911 requesting a police dog and reporting that heroin was stolen from him. I love these news stories because there's always one or two of them a year where people call the police to report that their drugs are either stolen or missing. If I had a nickel for every time I've done that myself. (laughs) According to police, 20-year-old Joseph Murphy dialed 911 and said he needed a police dog. The operator said, you need a police dog. What's going on there? Murphy replied, she stole heroin from me. So the police came, of course, and their body camera shows them questioning Murphy. And on the video, Murphy can be heard explaining that a woman stole money and heroin from him. Uh, A short time later, officers were surprised when Murphy pulled a brown, waxy substance from his pants. Huh. Yeah. The substance was seized, and Murphy was taken to the Bath Township Police Department where he was fingerprinted and released until they could test that brown, waxy substance to see what kind of drug it actually was. Uh, Murphy also made national headlines on New Year's Day because he was apparently in Orlando, Florida, down at Disney World, and he urinated on a Florida trooper's leg during a, yeah, disorderly, conduct, a disorderly conduct arrest because Florida. I heard in a related story they also confirmed that this man is not a member of Mensa. <laughs> Joseph Murphy is not curing cancer anytime soon. <laughs> He's not curing anything anytime soon. Well, that's terrific. Are you ready for birthdays? Yes, absolutely. Let's do it. This week, we're celebrating the birthday of Mr. T. Yeah. Who turned 65. Paul, do you know Mr. T's real name? It's I do, because I almost did this for uh, my birthday. It, his real name is Lawrence Terode, I believe. That's right. And yeah. of course, of course, Mr. T is uh, famous for being in the TV show The A-Team and also Clubber Lang in the movie Rocky Three. Yep. Did you know that he was once employed as a bodyguard for Diana Ross? I knew that he was a bodyguard, and I knew that he was also, I think he was an amateur boxer as well. And uh, he had the good sense to say, hey, rather than do jobs that might kill me, why don't I change my name and get into acting? 
<laughs> also, I didn't know that uh, at one time he tried out for the Green Bay Packers. Okay, on this week in 1942, Ted Kaczynski was born. He is an American anarchist and domestic ter- terrorist. He was a mathematical prodigy, but he abandoned a promising ac- academic career in 1969. And then between 1978 and 1995, he killed three people and injured 23 others. He is currently serving eight life sentences without the possibility of parole in a maximum security prison in Florence, Colorado. And there is a reason I bring up Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. Please tell me. Well, it is, it's a favor to you, Tove. It is so that you can market this first podcast as true crime. And if you tell people it's true crime, you're going to get like a hundred more listens. Yeah. So even though it's just like three seconds of true crime, it is nonetheless. It is true crime. It's technically true crime and you can market it as that. Fair enough. I appreciate the favor. (laughs) Any other birthdays? No, that was it. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Then I'll just wrap up with um, uh, three major Hollywood names. Now, these are, per- these are people that are born on this day but are now dead. Uh, 1907, uh, John Wayne, whose real name is Marion Morrison. Sure. He would actually be 110 today. He died at the age of 72. 1917 uh, was the birthday of Raymond Burr, TV's Perry Mason. He would be 100 this year. Uh, he died in 1993 at the age of 76. And in 1911, the great Vincent Price was born. Uh, like Burr, he also died in 1993 but at the age of 82. All right. Yeah. Are you ready to push the button on the amazing fact generator? Let's do it. All right, I'll go first. Here's our first amazing fact. History's shortest war. It lasted 38 minutes, and it was fought between Great Britain and Zanzibar. <laughs> okay. I'm going to guess that Great Britain won. <laughs> that would be my guess, too. Yeah, I, I, it would be a stunning upset if Zanzibar <laughs> beat Great Britain in a war in 38 minutes. All right, I'm going to turn the button over to you. Okay. Back in 1923, General Foods first introduced Sanka. As a promotional gimmick, they provided restaurants and diners with orangey pots that matched the orange packaging of their decaf. And to this day, the decaf on coffee pot handles is orange in restaurants. Hey, no kidding. That's cool. Yeah. Great. Well, that's uh, that's the amazing fact generator. I think we'd both agree those were amazing facts. Absolutely. Do you want to finish up with the joke of the day? Are you ready for this? Yes. Okay, so this is going to combine movie news and the joke of the day. So here you go. There's a movie uh, called Chuck that just came out a couple of weeks ago, and it's about boxer Chuck Webner. Do you know who Chuck Webner is? I've heard the name. Okay, so Chuck Webner was the inspiration for all of the Rocky movies, which there's a whole story there that we're not going to get into, but uh, look up the name Chuck Webner. It's fascinating. I but will. a movie just came out a couple of weeks ago about him called Chuck. It uh, stars Lee Schreiber. So here's uh, the joke of the day uh, that is inspired by that story. Uh, Chuck was scheduled to fight Muhammad Ali for the heavyweight title. His wife, Phyllis, watched the fight from a local hotel room. He bought her a blue negligee, and before he left for the fight, he told her, you're going to spend tonight with a heavyweight champion. Uh, Chuck did do better than expected in the fight, but ultimately was defeated badly by Ali. When he got back to the room uh, after the fight, he found his wife sitting on the edge of the bed wearing the blue negligee he gave her. She looked at him and asked, Am I supposed to go to Ali's room or is he coming here? <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> that is brutal. How do you like that? <laughs> it's like something my wife would do. <laughs> Except with more of a Rhode Island accent. 
Yeah, so I, I like that joke <laughs> because it falls into both the sports category and the marriage category, and both both joke categories are fun. That is fantastic. Here's my joke. A little old lady goes to the doctor and says, Doctor, I have this problem with gas, but it really doesn't bother me too much. My farts never smell, and they're always silent. As a matter of fact, I've farted at least 20 times since I've been here in your office, and you didn't know that I was farting because they don't smell and they're silent. And the doctor says, I see. Well, take these pills and come back and see me next week. So the next week, the lady comes back and she says, Doctor, I don't know what the hell you gave me, but now my farts? They're still silent, but they smell horrible. And the doctor says, good. Now that we've cleared up your sinuses, let's work on your hearing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I like Um, that one a lot. That was a very that was a very worthy contribution to joke of the day. Thank you for that. <laughs> oh, thank that, you. Yeah, that was fantastic. All right, well, that brings us to the end of our show. Uh, before we go, uh, tell everybody about your show and where to find it. Sure. Normally, I am doing when I'm on the mic. I am one half of the Varmints podcast with the wonderful and talented and funny Donna Hume, and that uh, new episodes of that come out every Thursday morning. The Varmints Podcast, we talk about animals, we talk about animal facts, and we tell you about where those animals are, you know, appear in pop culture, and then we talk about whether or not we would eat those animals. And it's a really fun podcast, and I hope you check it out. Varmints, it's on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts, and it's also on Blazing Caribou Studios. Yeah, and it's one of my favorites, so I definitely tell people to check it out. Thank you. Great. Okay, well, you can find This Week Today on Twitter by searching at ThisWeekPod. Uh, Also, if you listen to uh, or host an independent podcast, we've started a new group called Underdog Pods. Uh, You can find it on Twitter at Underdog Pods or search Facebook for the Underdog Podcast community. Uh, It's a great place to promote and discuss your favorite independent podcast. Our theme song is Sophomore Makeout by Silent Partner. Their stuff can be found on the YouTube audio library. Uh, All the other music and sound effects in this episode and others uh, can be found on YouTube. Uh, next week, uh, assuming I can pull something together, and I'm not sure I can, we'll have a special episode, Greg, as we celebrate our first anniversary. Yay! I know, we finally made it a year. I didn't think we'd make it, but here we are. That's awesome. Uh, all that next, this is the Gravity Beard Podcast. It's what your ears will want to be listening to. Mm-hmm.